Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world and how happy and excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Caston, and with me, as always, is a dude who is always a home run in my books, Jonathan Strickland. That's foreshadowing. Ariel, I got a question for you. What fictional location? Would you most like to visit? This is a tough one. There's so many. It is. Uh, I mean, this was one that I struggled on because there are a lot of fictional places that hold a special spot in my heart. Although, to be fair, a lot of them, some some stuff goes down in some of those fictional locations. Um. Yeah, it's it's dorky, but Narnia. Narnia is cool. Narnia's yeah. cool. You got talking animals. You got talking animals. You've got, you know, a, a, a diverse biodome. You've got magic and and wonders. It's just... Now, you, you do have the greatest evil ever made, uh, Turkish That's Delight. True. Turkish Delight you know, is the I, worst. I love Turkish Delight. You are... Uh, do you eat rose-flavored Turkish Delight? Yes. Oh. I eat the chocolate flavor... Uh, the chocolate-covered rose-flavored Turkish Delight. So, like... And lemon Turkish Delight. So, like, that is, <laughs> to me, like, that is, like, the... That's, like, anti-candy. 
Listen. It's like used, eating solid perfume. I used to have, okay, you know how kids eat Play-Doh? I used to have a tisket a tasket a flower-making basket, which was a Play-Doh thing, and it had rose-scented Play-Doh, and it reminded me of that, but better tasting. Shut up, I was a little kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was three years ago, just in case you guys are wondering. Okay, where would you like to what visit? What fictional? Mr. Okay, so yeah. there, there are tons that I think of, and uh, but I think the one that I keep going back to is uh, the Shire from the the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. The Shire, because I think hobbits have got the right idea when it comes to to general approach to life, which is eat your way through it. I am uh, mm-hmm. I'm down with that. And uh, so that's the one that I think I most would like to visit. You know, Lothlorien was cl- a close second on my list. So yeah, lame best bread. You get that lame yeah, best bread. But but your your point about the the food in the Shire that is that is a strong motivator. Yeah. Now, interesting that we both went fantasy locations. Clearly, mm-hmm. we could have picked something from a science fiction type of place, but. Uh, that that gives us a little. I I think of myself as more of the sword than the laser type. So, mm-hmm. you know that that's fits. And there's also a lot of like, if I think, well, do I want to go to Gallifrey from Doctor Who? No, there was a horrible war that happened there. It's not a happy place. Do mm-hmm. I want to go to Alderaan? No, I don't. Well, uh, you know, you, like <laughs> you can't. You I can't. can't. The locations in Star Wars are, for the most part, inhospitable. <laughs> like mm-hmm. deserts and and frozen tundras and salt plains. Yes, maybe may, maybe Paralandria if I want to go sci-fi, but that's still kind of fantasy. So, mm. well, let's get back to reality by talking about some of the top news stories in the geek sphere, and launching us off is something that. Ariel and I are so gangbusters for <laughs> we got uh, a trailer for the Snyder cut of the Justice League. And um, uh, Ariel, what was your reaction to this new trailer? I think probably the exact opposite of your reaction, which was I started it and I went, oh, I don't like this. I don't know. I don't like Lex Luthor's talking at the beginning and screaming Superman. And then in the middle, I was like, okay, I kind of like this Flash is saving a girl from a car. I really liked the Flash in the Justice League. You know, I think that was great casting and he, the actor did a great job with it. So I kind of got excited in the middle. I mistook, because I read an article saying that Granny Goodness made an appearance in the trailer and I mistook Dark Side for her because Zack Snyder's Justice League and, and, and all of the DC stuff he does is so, so dark. That I was like, well, he just made an ugly dark version of Granny Goodness, but no, it was Dark Side. She was standing to his left, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't pick out anyone because to me, every all the villains look vaguely the same to me. So I was yeah. just like, sure, I'll take your word for it that these characters were in that trailer. She she looked like a a a woman with gray hair, um, and then at the end of it, I just I was like, I was back to the you know because I do not like what they did with the Joker's mouth. Yeah, like. I just don't like the, I I don't know. It just visually, it strikes me the wrong way. Uh, I hated it. Um, Don't, I mean, I just, I don't know. DC hasn't worked for me. No one's, no one's surprised by this. Keep in mind that before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, my favorite superhero movie of all time was the Christopher Reeve Superman film, the original 
Superman movie. Oh, that's such a good one. It's a great movie. It's very campy. It's mm. very campy, but it knows it's campy, right? Like it's not yeah. campy by mistake. Um, and I just find it really entertaining. And so I am clearly the wrong audience for the Snyder version of DC universe. And I acknowledge that. And I'm not saying that they are bad movies. I say, I don't find them entertaining. And this trailer just kind of reinforced that for me again. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad movie. It's going to be a long movie. I can say that. Yes. Yes. You better pack a lunch, but I don't know (laughs) that it's going to be bad. I just know that it, 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 Like I'm still not seeing anything that appeals to me. Now, maybe this is going to be one of those cases where the trailer and the finished product are different enough where I have a very different reaction from the film than I did from the trailer. That could be a discussion Mm -hmm. thing that we have in the future is movies where we felt it was very different from the trailer we had seen for that film. But that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I I will probably watch this because I feel like I ought to, and I have HBO Max, but I I do wish that it had just been two movies. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, two movies or miniseries like they were originally talking about. If if you are watching it on HBO Max, though, you could always just pause it and make it two movies. Mm -hmm. You just have to determine. Maybe it's when they start yelling Martha. Who knows? Yeah. Listen, I started watching The Stand on CBS All Access last night, and I almost turned the first episode into like four different episodes because I kept pausing it. Not because it was bad or anything, just because. I I haven't heard good things about that, but then I don't have I don't have CBS All Access, so I've not seen any of it. It's interesting. I have no attachment to the source material. I never read The Stand Mm -hmm. and. I'd never watched the original miniseries, so no, you don't, you're not missing much there. <laughs> being being two episodes in, it's interesting. I understand that the ending is kind of blah, but um, we'll get okay. Uh, I'm getting off on a tangent. Let's go back to Zack Snyder. Yeah, because um, he's in our next story. Yes, uh, apparently he is not done with crazy convoluted stories because he's thinking about doing. The Legend of King Arthur. Yeah, he said that he wants to do something that's a more true representation of the Arthurian legend. The problem is, which version of the Arthurian legend are you talking about? Because there are a lot of different ones. I mean, mm-hmm. Le Mort d'Arthur is the famous one, right? But yeah. there are a lot of others that are you know, no less valid. In fact, there are others from that same time period of Arthurian legend. So it, it's curious to see what he means by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not particularly excited by that either. I mean, I think, I think it could be good. It could be, I'm sure it'd be very grim and dark, but then Arthurian legend does get grim and dark. So yeah, I'm curious what you think, Ariel. I think it is, it is a legend that is already existing in his wheelhouse, which is too much story, not enough editing. And I love, you know, Arthurian legend, but it does, like you said, there's lots of versions. It goes all over the place. There's a bunch of bunny trails. And so. Well, and it's a collection of stories, right? It's not like it's one story. It's a bunch of different stories. Yeah. And so I feel like making a movie of those bunch of stories is what Zack Snyder always does. I feel like he has a really hard time editing down to one story. So I don't know if it'll be good. Uh, I don't have as much distaste for a lot of the King Arthur movies that have come out in the past. Um, do you as have a, some people do? Do you have a favorite? Um, 
I would say probably the Sam Neill miniseries. Merlin? <laughs> shut up. Merlin's not even. I'm saying shut up a lot. Okay, well. No, it's not. I mean, um, okay, I, I look, mean, but Merlin, like, Merlin's very entertaining. Martin Short notwithstanding, but. Yeah, but I also liked, you know, Disney's Sword in the Stone. I sure. like, uh, I like, it's it's not really a Thurian legend, but like all the takes on a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Like For, for me, it's Excalibur. Excalibur, I, mean, I think, is like almost a perfect movie. Excalibur is also a good movie. So, you know, I, I, I will be the first person to say that sometimes I go into a movie not expecting much. So there are a lot of so-so movies that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, that's some foreshadowing there, too. Yes. But, you know, this uh, Arthurian legend is one where I tend to enjoy most of it. So. Well, we've got a couple of stories that I am curious about that uh, we can kind of pair together, which is that we know a little bit about the casting of two different projects that are adaptations of video games, uh, that being Borderlands, where we know that uh, Jack Black has joined the cast to voice the character of Claptrap, a robot in the Borderlands video game series. Mm -hmm. And we also know that the Last of Us television series is going to have uh, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as the two leads of that story. Now, Ariel, have you played either or watched either Borderlands or Last of Us? Um, I have not played or watched Last of Us other than the trailers. I have played some Borderlands and I've watched a lot of Borderlands. Um, I don't do as great with strictly first-person shooters because I get motion sick. Mm -hmm. um, but I've watched a lot of the story and I enjoy it. The, and I get casting, you know, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal have done Game of Thrones is pretty dark. So yeah. I think they're great casting for Last of Us. However, as great as I think Jack Black will be as Claptrap, I'm like, it's an animated character. Just use the voice of that <laughs> character. Yeah. Last I heard, he was working for Rooster Teeth. I don't know if he still is, but I remember hearing him mm -hmm. on the Rooster Teeth podcast. And he actually talked about how he was the voice of Claptrap. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I honestly don't know what to think about the Borderlands one because I don't really think of those games as having much of a story. Um, I mean, there's a there's a general kind of story to it, but there's not there's not any meat on the bone there. It's essentially there's this big secret cache of powerful items, and you're looking for it, and there mm -hmm. are other people who are bad guys who are also looking for it. So you need to look for it harder. I don't think that supports a really great movie. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Last of Us is more of a narrative, a traditional narrative. The game plays out like like a miniseries. It feels like you're playing through something like The Walking Dead, mm -hmm. and it has one heck of an ending. Uh, and we know that the television series is going to closely follow the events of the first game. It might also incorporate some elements that were found in the second game, and it's going to expand on the world of Last of Us. So you're going to get more than what was in the video game, which is also good because, again, video games have to make way for, for gameplay, right? And whenever they're making way for gameplay, you're not really making much of a story. You're, you're playing through stuff. So obviously the television series has to make some adjustments there or else if you boil down the actual story to yeah. what it what it is, it would... It would last like two episodes. <laughs> yeah. We also did get casting news for the Dungeons and Dragons movie, movie that we've been anticipating. Um, 
Yeah. Chris re- Pine, Michelle Rodriguez were recently yep. announced as well as Justice Smith. Now we have Regé Jean Page. He's a, a actor from Bridgerton and he's joined the D&D group. We don't know. We don't know what class he's playing. Uh, I'm hoping for Rogue. I, I was going to say, I think he would be a Rogue. That's what he plays in Bridgerton. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, like uh, I mean, not, I don't want to typecast. Yeah, I don't want to typecast. I don't want to typecast. But yeah, yeah. it's um, it's it, it. This is one of those those announcements that I thought was really interesting. I mean, he's clearly very much in the the zeitgeist because Bridgerton has become one of those series that a lot of people were watching and talking about and talking about all the sexy times in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping there won't be as much sexy times in D&D because that stuff can go wrong, y'all. You miss a saving throw. Next thing you know, yeah. you're, you're marrying a manticore. It's rough. Well, I, you know, I don't know because it... <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me. Uh, <laughs> marrying a manticore. Uh, that would be a, a great sitcom. Uh, I think it's. I know, think that's the prequel, got... prequel to Hello from the Magic Tavern, but go ahead. <laughs> yes, it's got... It's got, you know, uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly working on it. They worked on Spider-Man Homecoming and Horrible Bosses. So, like, the Spider-Man Homecoming side excites me. The Horrible Bosses side makes me worried for marrying a manticore. But uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, if this becomes a film adaptation of of Hello from the Magic Tavern, I'm okay with it. Uh, You know? I, mm-hmm. It would it would not really be a D and D series at that point, but you know you could you could we know you could do worse because there have been other D and D adaptations, and they were terrible. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, Ariel? I think we should probably have a little conversation about movies where sure. we had expectations, and the result of seeing that movie subverted those expectations in one way or another. Does that sound good to you? It does, but first, I need to take a quick break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. 
Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's KNIX.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's KNIX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Ariel's finished breaking things, so we're ready to have this conversation. Yes. Now, um, do you want? I think we should start with movies that we hoped we would like, but it turned out we didn't really like them that much, and then we can end it talking about movies where we had low expectations, but then we really ended up enjoying it. That way, we end on a on a positive note. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm gonna start because I feel like people have heard me go on this diatribe before. I have two movies that I expected to like and really didn't. Um, and the first one was not as bad as the second one. So the first one is Elf. And I thought I would like it because everybody built it up so much. Uh, and then when I watched it, I was very nonplussed. But the movie, the movie that I was excited to go see and that when I went to watch it, I just, it hit me in all the wrong ways is Sucker Punch. It should be not a surprise at all to you. This is one of those movies that did have like the really stylistic trailer that made it look incredible with elements of like fantasy and maybe some steampunk in there. And mm-hmm. it just had it, it, it was like a music video style movie trailer that made that movie just look like it was just oozing cool. Yeah, and, and, and the storyline is there is this girl who gets sent to an insane asylum and to deal with it, she imagines that she's in a brothel and to, to deal with the fact that she's in a brothel, she imagines that she is fighting Nazis or orcs or giant robots or whatnot. Uh, surprise, surprise, it's by Zack Snyder. And my biggest problem with the movie is that there were one too many levels. It was, it was like Inception, this, but not handled well. Yeah, yeah, it was like... Any of those two levels paired together would have been a good story, but you add that third level to it and it's just too much and it's too disjointed and I stopped caring. Yeah, I, I also so much potential. I, I so full disclosure, I have never seen Sucker Punch. Um I I wanted to when I saw the trailer, but by the time I would have been able to go see the movie, word had gotten out 
about it. Ariel even told me about it. I remember mm-hmm. back in the day you were messaging me about it. And, and the more I heard about it, the more I thought maybe I just give this one a miss because it also sounded to me like, well, it's Snyder. It goes, it goes so dark. Um, mm-hmm. it deals with some very, very dark material. And the, everything I heard told me that it did not reconcile or resolve any of that in a very satisfying oh, no. way. No, it's got a it's got a very bleak ending. And I again, like nothing against movies with bleak endings, but if he wanted a bleak ending, I think it should have just been the I've been sent to a a, a sanitarium and I'm dealing with it by pretending I'm desirable in some way. Adding that fantasy level almost made fun of those first two levels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like if if he wanted it to be poignant and serious, I feel like he should have taken out the fantasy level. And if he wanted it to be a little bit more adventurous, he should have taken out one of the two bleak levels. Yeah, I I also find like why? I also find that your escape mechanism involves you imagining yourself in a different, but in many ways equally bad situation. Isn't much of an mm-hmm. escape mechanism. <laughs> no, no. And then yeah. you have to use another one and then you have to use another one. And like none of the escape me- mechanisms were great. And I guess there is some some sort of moral or point to that. But I, I just did not find it enjoyable. Uh, so what what is the movie that you thought you would like that you didn't, Jonathan? So, all right, I've, I've got I've got four that I'm going to uh, talk about, but really only only one I'm going to talk about Four I'm going to mention three. I'm going to mention rather. So uh, the Hobbit. But everyone's heard me talk about the Hobbit, how mm-hmm. I really wanted to like that movie. I, I had some misgivings simply because I knew they were making three films and I didn't think that the book could support three films. And, um, and you were right. I was right. I fell asleep twice. It, I saw the movie twice and I fell asleep in the same two spots twice. So mm-hmm. that tells you like, and that's, that was my favorite book growing up. My favorite book. I have a Lord of the Rings tattoo on my arm. I am a Lord of the Rings fan, but yeah, that, that totally failed to meet my expectations. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, another one. I highly anticipated that movie. I really love the Indiana Jones trilogy. I think each movie is interesting in a different way. I think Raiders is my favorite of the three, but I like all three for different reasons. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull comes around. I actually like Shia LaBeouf in it, but apart from him, there wasn't much in that that I liked. I didn't think Kate Blanchett was an interesting villain. I didn't like the science fiction angle as opposed to the more mystical angles of the other Raiders films. Um, so yeah, that one fell mm-hmm. short for me. Transformers. I was hoping I would like, but I couldn't even make sense of that mess. Um, yeah. Now I didn't have high expectations. It's a movie that's based off a cartoon that itself was a way to sell toys. So didn't have high hopes, but I couldn't even tell what was going on in the transformation scenes. And it, it gave me, uh, a very strong negative opinion of Michael Bay in general, other elements added to that, Mm -hmm. but the movie, the real one I picked (laughs) is, is, um, is star Trek five, the final frontier because, Oh, that's a good movie. Star Trek five. No. (laughs) Kirk versus God. (laughs) No. So, so I, I, I was a, I was a huge star Trek fan growing up, big star Trek fan the son of two Star Trek fans. And you got to remember that this movie followed up Star Trek for a voyage home, which was a very lighthearted, very silly 
departure for Star Trek. Like it, it still had adventure in it, but it was, I mean, there was a lot of comedy in Star Trek four, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Cause my other, the other one that everyone really loved from that era was Star Trek two. There wasn't a lot of comedy in that one. There was a lot of drama and a lot of action. So then Star Trek five comes around, uh, William Shatner directed it and it's essentially Kirk versus God and Kirk wins. And as big a fan of, as I was of Star Trek, I was just like, come on. He was Mary suing (laughs) himself to the ends of the universe and back. I couldn't stand it. So that was one that was a huge letdown for me. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek five was, was pretty weak. I, I realized that my joke about liking it didn't really fly, but the fact is, uh, I know people used to say every other Star Trek movie was a good one. Yeah, the even ones are good ones for the original. Like Star Trek Two is Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Four is Voyage Home, mm-hmm. Star Trek Six is uh, Undiscovered Country, which was, uh, you know, Christopher Plummer, who just recently passed away, was a a villainous Klingon who quoted Shakespeare in that in that movie. And that one was, yeah. that one was pretty good. I don't think it's as strong as two and four are, which are strong for totally yeah. different reasons. They're also, they're also tonally so different from each other. That's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that they're all part of the same series, but they have very different tones. But I, you know, especially when we got to the, the Star Trek next generation movies, I just liked them all. It didn't matter if they were good or bad. I Ugh, still enjoyed them. I, I know. I, okay. Well, this is where our paths part. <laughs> but we're not Must talking nice doing a podcast with you. Then. We're, we're not talking about the next generation movies. So talk about a movie that you didn't think you were going to enjoy, or at least you had lower expectations. And it turned out that it exceeded them. So there's a, a lot of movies where I thought, you know, Oh, this is going to be an okay movie. And then it turned out to be a great delight. Uh, Central intelligence game night, Jumanji. Uh, there are two movies. One, <sighs> The first one I'm going to mention, it's not that I ha- didn't have high expectations. It's that I didn't expect to like it. And that was it. The the most uh, current version. Mm-hmm. Not, the, not the second one, but the first one. The second one was okay. Uh, but, you know, I'm not a big horror fan. Uh, I had watched the miniseries. With Tim uh, Curry. With Tim Curry when I was younger and found it very frightening. And Yeah, Harry Anderson's jokes are terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> They really are. Um, and so I, I was like, this is surely going to be good, but it's just going to be too scary for me. But I I quite enjoyed it. Um, but the one, and I'm almost ashamed to say that I enjoyed it, is I had a bunch of people tell me that I should watch Spy, the ni- 2015 Melissa McCarthy movie. Mm-hmm. And I am like, I'm not a big fan of, of Bridesmaids. I, you know, mm-hmm. I... Or, or a lot of Melissa McCarthy's movies, she is an, a phenomenal actress uh, who I first learned about in Gilmore Girls. Honestly, that's when she first hit my radar. But she's a phenomenal actress. She's very funny and she does great dramatic work as well. But I find her 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 sense of like disparaging humor just not almost too cruel. Gotcha. Um, a little cruel, a little gross, but. And she is certainly disparaging to herself in Spy, but it was remarkably funny with Jason Statham and Peter Serafinowicz as oh, uh, yeah. foils. <laughs> Serafinowicz like, is great. Yeah, he was he was yeah. uh, he was Darth Maul's voice in the Phantom mm-hmm. Menace, and he was also 
he was in Shaun of the Dead and he was also in Spaced. Um, fantastic, really fun actor. And he was the latest tick as well. Like he's he's great. These two gentlemen played such a great foil to her that it was just it. Not that she needed help to shine, but it elevated that self depreciation and gave her a chance to like you know in the movie she becomes quite capable. Um, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. It certainly goes a little blue for my taste at some points, but it was oh, I like I would watch it again. It was quite enjoyable. Nice. What about you? Well, for me, we have to go back to 1989 when I was a teenager. Blue, blue, blue. Yeah. And the movie would be uh, and I apologize to you, Ariel, for this. Uh, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, I did not uh. pick it because of your name. I did not pick it because of your name. I picked mm-hmm. it because. I was a teenager at the time, and you have to remember that the Disney animated films that had been released leading up to Little Mermaid were seen as being a big step down from classic Disney. Uh, Not that they were terrible movies. I mean, I didn't like Oliver and Company. I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through because I just didn't like it. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Great Mouse Detective is entertaining, but a lot of people don't remember it. Uh, The Black Cauldron's not very good. It's not a good representation of Lloyd Alexander's work. The Fox and the Hound was good, but heartbreaking. Yeah, I don't like animal movies like that. So, so <laughs> there, there had just not been like Disney had not been in that that classic fairy tale form for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I as a teenager had no interest in seeing this, but my family had bought tickets. They were determined to go, so I went with them. And from the opening sequence where the music starts playing and you see the big animated ship break through the sea mist, I immediately was entranced. And halfway through the movie, I was like so mad at myself for being the the poopy head teenager who didn't want to go see the the cartoon movie. Uh, And by the very end of it, I was thinking, all right, well, I got to buy the soundtrack because this thing is amazing. Didn't it didn't hurt that the music was all written by Ashman and Minkin, who did Little Shop of Horrors. And I was a big fan of that. So, um, yeah, that was the movie where I, I was determined to be the sulky teenager who hated it all the way through. I was ready to just pout my way through that movie and it won me over from the opening sequence and I was on board for the rest of the ride. And I became a huge fan of Disney again, like for a while, I just like, I had loved the classic Disney movies but I never really mm-hmm. like I I didn't I didn't hate the later stuff. I just didn't find it as captivating. And this recaptured my fascination until Pocahontas destroyed it. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's completely valid. I'll even mostly agree. As much as I say I have a love hate relationship with The Little Mermaid, when I first watched it, yeah, it's that that first moment is captivating. It's it's pretty baller, and the music is great, and it's a lot of fun. And it wasn't. It wasn't until I really thought about, you know, I, I always liked the story of The Little Mermaid, even though the the original tale is the Hans Christian Andersen version's rather bleak. Yes. Um, it, it, it does not have I, a happy ending. No, I still liked it mm-hmm. until the ending. Um, you know, I, I liked it until I thought about the story and how the story is it's a bratty girl who just gets her way. <laughs> Well, it's also, I mean, there's also a lot of, there's a lot of, of elements to it that, uh, in, in a more modern sensibility, 
fall way short, right? Like it's a girl who yeah. gives up her voice so that she can be with a guy that she's seen once. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's falling into those fairy tale tropes that are unrealistic, but you could also say are potentially harmfully unrealistic. So I, I can yeah. totally get those criticisms and I think they are valid. Uh, yeah, it all depends on your threshold of where you can say it's a fairy tale and not meant to be a realistic depiction of relationships and that kind of stuff. And you can step well, back or if you're like, no, this is really messed up. <laughs> well, I mean, but if you, and that's part of the problem I have with the Disney one. If you look at Hans Christian Andersen's version, it's a cautionary tale about bad, like even today could be viewed as a cautionary tale about making bad decisions for, you know, somebody you're lusting after and the yeah. repercussions of, of dealing with that. I would argue that, uh, that Disney sort of addressed that when they did the other Hans Christian Andersen story with frozen, because you actually do have the story of a young woman who makes some bad decisions based upon her instantaneous attraction to someone who turns out to not be a good person. And, uh, and then the rest of the story kind of escalates from there. But that was, uh, you know, that's a long time to go before you address those concerns. Yeah, I'll agree. I mean, there were some consequences in The Lion King, but it's not the same. Uh, no, not no. The same I mean, I mean, like, story. like, yeah. The the biggest consequence being that you got Elton John writing the music, so it's real, it's real Elton John. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. It's just real Elton John. Um, uh, I love Elton John, but it's real Elton John. Okay, well, that's enough of me saying things that don't really mean anything. When we come back. We are yes. going to mash up uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, the DC universe, specifically Justice League, and a classic feel-good, uplifting story about a bunch of women who, uh, who, who step up when all the men are overseas fighting war. But we'll, under- we'll explain more after we come back from this break. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. 
Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K N I X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K N I X.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for For extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, Ariel, so what are the two properties we are mashing up? So, as you said, uh, DC is the Justice League yeah. and um, a League of Their Own, which so, is... Yeah, let's give a quick uh, overview of what League of Their Own is for those people who don't know. It's also being adapted into a series, right? Yes, it's being adapted into a series by... Uh, Amazon has picked the series up. It's got uh, a really great cast. Um they announced it in August 2020, so we don't have it yet, but it is upcoming. Uh, it's a story about, you know, baseball during World War II, how the wars is affecting the the league. And so a gentleman decides to start a league of women baseball players. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it starts and ends... Uh, with them being honored and and kind of goes through their journey to becoming uh, a great team and and a, a, a fan favorite and then their personal lives and things like that. It's really great. It's got Gina Davis and Rosie O'Donnell and all sorts of really great actresses. Uh, there's, there's Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, there's a ton. There's there's a ton of really really um, uh, talented actors in that in that space. And they're all like, it's all done in flashback form. And so we are now doing yeah. justice league of their own mashup. And, um, you know what I'm about to ask you, Ariel? Yeah. Do you want to go first or second? I struggled with mine. So I don't know if you, if you feel yours is good, maybe I should go first so that we can end on a high note. <laughs> uh, I don't know that mine is good, but it's very Jonathan. Okay. Uh, then I will go first. <laughs> okay. Um, this is called Major League Field of Their Own Justice. Uh, oh, okay. And yes, wow. my story is <laughs> my story you, is about as convoluted as that title. You went you went hard on the mashups. Yes. Okay. All right. So after the latest attack and uproar from Darkseid, the excitement of baseball had all but lost its luster to the American public, and Major League team owners were worried that it would be the final death stroke to the beloved pastime. Thankfully, 
One owner, Walter Harvey Steele, owner of the Star City Rockets, had an idea. He had seen the prowess with which some local vigilantes fought crime and heard of more in other places and thought what a great chance to take a great game and make it super. However, the other team owners were hesitant, thinking that using such adept individuals would take all the fun out of the game and no one would want to watch them play, but Walter would not be deterred. He called on his good friend and mover and shaker, Amanda Waller, to help recruit the perfect team to change the owners' minds and reinvigorate the sport. Amanda started out across the country recruiting the supers she knew of. Soon her team was created. It consisted of Wonder Woman, Stargirl, Supergirl, Black Canary, Hawk Girl, and Zatanna. Also, Mara was there, but she was regulated to being the Water Girl because she wasn't that great of a player. Um, these ladies had never worked together or played together before, but after a brief and humorous training montage, the new team, the Super Peaches, was ready to play ball. Much to Walter's joy, they proved him right and brought in new crowds, but only briefly. You see, there was this problem. They thoroughly trounced every team they played against. So then Amanda had to go and recruit a second team to play them. She got Batman, Superman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and Aquaman as the water boy just to make it even. And these egotistical guys were harder to get to work together as a team, again, all being kind of solo artists, but eventually they were ready to play the Super Peaches. Their team name? The Racing Boys. Racine Boys. Racing Boys. Uh, it was a, a bad try to tie things together. Okay, so these two teams were playing each other, but it was dangerous for the spectators. Uh, tempers ran high, fights broke out, and every game ended with destroyed stadiums and casual injuries in the stands. So Amanda and Walter were demanded to put a stop to these two teams. These teams didn't want to stop, though. So Amanda and Walter found a spot in the middle of nowhere a one Kent farm, and got the Kents to agree to let them build a special stadium in the Kents' biggest field. They called the stadium the Hall of Dreams Stadium. Once the stadium was built, the super teams instinctually came. What the teams and the Kent farms didn't know was that it was actually a space station, so as soon as the soups were inside, it blasted off into space. The supers were told via intercom that they had to stay in the space station until they learned to play together nicely and that they were banned from ever playing baseball on Earth again. The teams decided that they would just play each other in outer space because they didn't like being told what to do. Uh, they would be the only two teams in the league, and that was just theirs, and they called it the Just Us League. Yes, I know that's an old played-out joke, but stay with me. They renamed the Hall of Dreams to the Hall of Justice. Uh, and every now and then some villain team like the Legion of Doom or the Dark Side Elites or the Apaka Hitters would try to join in on their baseball games, but they were always defeated. So those villain teams turned to crime and the Justice League turned to the Justice League to stop them, which was okay because by that time they were really tired of baseball. The end. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, I mean, I was amazed that we didn't get the rookie in there, but everything else, like so many baseball <laughs> movie references. All right. Um, you will see that I very quickly decided to abandon m making a more overt reference to League of Their Own, although there is some spirit of it in mine. Mine is just Justice League of Their Own, and here it goes. <clears throat> Bruce Wayne, head of Wayne Enterprises of Gotham City, has a big problem. Well, really, he has a bunch of problems. One is that his parents were murdered in Crime Alley when he was a kid, and that kind of thing, man, that just messes you up. But Bruce was able to stay on the straight and narrow, and he inherited his father's enormous business where they were making sporting equipment. 
While Wayne was expected to embrace golf, or maybe tennis, he learned early on that baseball was his true love. In fact, when he was little, you could say that Bruce was quite the bat boy. But now, he's a bat man. <laughs> but Bruce has a new problem. An upstart businessman named Lex Luthor has opened up his own baseball bat company in Metropolis, just across the way from Gotham. And Luthor is using all sorts of underhanded means to make bats on the cheap, undercutting Wayne's product and doing immeasurable harm through predatory employment practices in the process. Wayne, in an effort to compete against this menace, proposes a contest, a company softball game, Wayne versus Luthor. Winner gets to stay in business, the loser leaves. Luther, sensing the opportunity to get a monopoly on bats in the Northeast, agrees. And so Bruce rushes around to form a great team, the Gotham Peaches. He finds that Diana Prince, who works in accounting, has a wondrous pitching arm. He also learns that Arthur Curry, the guy who delivers water to all the water coolers in Wayne Enterprises, I mean, he's a real aqua man, is also an incredible catcher. <laughs> Billy Batson, who seems pretty immature for an adult, is, as his name suggests, a pretty good batter himself. Victor Stone, who is really into robotics to the point where his co-workers jokingly call him Cyborg, makes an amazing third baseman. Hal Jordan, who keeps the lights on, even in the darkest night, is the perfect outfielder. Twins Zan and Jaina work in the cafeteria, but their ability to work together <laughs> seamlessly makes them a great shortstop and first base player. Oh, and all these people also happen to be superheroes, I should mention, but they don't like to brag about it. So in case you missed it, we've got Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, Cyborg, Green Lantern, and the Wonder Twins. Wayne's team practices hard getting ready for the big game against Luther Court. At one point, Wayne pushes the team really hard. At that moment, Batson bursts into tears, but as we know, there's no crying in superhero baseball. The team gradually becomes really close-knit, learning more about one another in a charming series of vignettes. However, a rivalry develops between siblings Jaina and Zan, and Zan feeling he is, like, way outclassed by everybody else, defects to Luther's team. The day for the big game comes, and Luther has his own squad of heavy hitters, the Metropolis Bells. Solomon Grundy, Gorilla Grodd, Sinestro, the Joker, Zan... Each one a formidable opponent, <laughs> except Zan. Because seriously, when your superpower is turning into different kinds of water, you're just really lame. Oh, and there's also Luther's ace in the hole, a mild-mannered Clark Kent, who was working on a big story about Luther and agreed to join the team as part of his investigation. We get to the game. With both teams playing really hard, Luther's team isn't afraid to get dirty either, cheating at times when possible. But despite this, the two teams stay fairly even in their scores, and Wayne is biting his nails on this one. It comes down to the final inning, with Wayne's team given a boost when Wonder Woman knocks a ball deep into right field, bringing home a couple of runs, tying up the game. It leaves Shazam on third base. He'd be the winning run. Up to bat is Swamp Thing, who I don't think I mentioned earlier because I couldn't think of a valid reason for him to be there, but he's there, and he's facing off against their pitcher, <laughs> Clark Kett. Clark pitches two strikes before Swamp Thing can even get his bearings. But on the third pitch, Swamp Thing accidentally makes a wild swing that happens to connect, driving a grounder to shortstop. Shazam is racing to home plate when Gorilla Grodd fires that ball and throws it at the catcher, who is Lex Luthor himself. Luthor catches the ball, but Shazam hits home plate so hard, it knocks the ball from Luthor's glove. It also knocks Luthor's hand from Luthor's arm. And Luthor in general turns into a 
kind of red mist. Lane's team celebrates as Billy Batson is quietly arrested for involuntary manslaughter. There's no crying in prison, except there totally is. Wayne can keep making bats. Luther is not only out of the industry, but is like totally dead. And all it took was losing Billy Batson. But come on, that guy was a joke anyway. The end. (laughs) One, that was brilliant. Two, you almost made me like baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would be more exciting if there were superpowers, right? Yeah. I I love, I love watching baseball, but like, I admit there's a lot of downtime with baseball. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a hockey girl for that reason. It's a lot more like constant. I mean, I, I would uh, be a fan shredded. of hockey if Atlanta still had a team. Oh man. The the reason for Atlanta's team was to get other teams in. But uh I yeah, digress. That's, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, or at least a different day. Uh, So we're going to wrap up. But, you know, as always, if our mashups inspired you to write your own or if you have suggestions for mashups, ideas or thoughts on things that we talked about that you'd like to share or suggestions for future shows, please write us and let us know. Yes, you can send us an email. The email address is lnc at iheartmedia.com. You can drop us a note on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, we are LNC underscore podcast. At Instagram and Facebook, we are Large Nerdron Collider. Uh, you can also go to our website, largenerdroncollider.com. That's where we put uh, every episode plus show notes. So if you want to look at the articles that we use as part of our stories, you can go there. And, uh, oh, if you enjoy this show, make sure you tell friends, you know, leave a review, you know, make sure you're subscribed to it, that kind of thing. All those things help us out mm-hmm. a lot. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Thank you to everybody who's written to us and, and talked to us and shared your thoughts on social media. We've really enjoyed chatting with you. Yes, we look forward to lots more conversations. And uh, until that time, I have been Jonathan Strickland. And I have been standing on second base forever. Jeez. The game ended like two days ago. I'm sorry. Someone was supposed to tell you. Dang it. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.